0: Wrestling fans, and welcome to the second episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Sean, and I'm your host. Today, we'll look back at Smash Wrestling's No More Mr. Nice Guy, Destiny Wrestling's Icons, the Greatest Royal Rumble, and look forward to this weekend's Deputy Per View Backlash. Just sit back and enjoy. We'll be right back with all the news and information you need to know. Thanks for joining us. This is your Ontario Independent Wrestling Report, brought to you by our friends at and Con, June 8th through 10th at the London Music Hall in London, Ontario. This past weekend saw a lot of wrestling in Ontario. Destiny Wrestling had icons in Mississauga, and London had... No More Mr. Nice Guy, presented by Smash Wrestling. We'll get to a report from Jason Watts with results from Destiny Wrestling later on. Here in London, Smash Wrestling presented No More Mr. Nice Guy. We were told that the Champion Beast King, FTM, didn't make it to the show due to issues in Montreal. Hacker Scotty O'Shea also was injured and could not make his appearance as scheduled. This caused a few changes to the card. Four newcomers from Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory got to start the night off in the dark match. It started off a bit slow, and then the boys turned up the heat. The crowd popped for the finish and gave a standing ovation. The future looks bright thanks to Tyson Dukes and his wrestling factory. The first match of the official card started off with the remix Kevin Bennett, taking on Tarek. This match was fast-paced from the beginning, seeing a lot of hard hits, high moves, and even a spear from the muscle on Tarek. Tarek was able to overcome the interference and get the victory. Promptly after the match, Kevin Bennett notified us that Tank had already been fired by him, and so now has the muscle. So Kevin Bennett's planning on going it by himself. We'll see how that works out for them. Our next match was a triple threat women's match, which featured the debuting in London, Vanessa Craven, pinning Shotzi Blackheart in her Canadian debut. The end saw Vanessa Craven manhandle both women, including ragdolling Shotzi Blackheart to get the victory. In a fatal forward that started off looking like a Tag team match: Brent Banks defeated Dylan Andrews, Tyler Turva, and Greed. Action was all over the place during the match, including some interference from Dylan Andrews' sidekicks, and suicide dives from Brent Banks onto Turva and Andrews, followed by John Greed doing his own suicide dive onto the Banks, Andrews, and Turva. The endorsement Sebastian Suave returned to London without the assistance of Anthony Kingdom James, to take on Red Death Daniel Garcia. Garcia was resilient throughout the whole match, coming back numerous times from everything that Suave had to offer. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, and Suave got the victory. With Sky O'Shea not available to be at the event, Kevin Blackwood went alone and lost in a student versus teacher match against Pepper Parks. I later found out from uh, Parks that he recently left Impact Wrestling. This is the reason for dropping the Braxton Sutter name and returning to his well-known Pepper Parks name. And finally, in the main event, we saw the team of Tyson Dukes and Cody Deaner defeat the team of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, the Super Smash Brothers. The match went all over the music hall including a brawl right in my own seat with the Dukes pounding away on Evil Uno. This match resembled more of a tornado match than an official tag team match, with the two local London boys, Dukes and Deener coming out with the victory. Overall, it was an amazing show. Once again, they never failed to give us London fans great value for our money. Smash Wrestling returns to London Music Hall with CCW on July 16th. And now I'd like to turn it over to Jason Watts who went down the road to Mississauga to take in the Destiny Wrestling Icons event. I'd like to take this moment to thank Jason for making this report and signing in to us.
1: What's up, scumbags? It's Jason here with a report from Destiny Wrestling's Icons, which took place on April 29th in Mississauga, Ontario. In a pre-show match, Sheldon Jean took on Kobe Durst. Recently back from pro wrestling Noah in Japan, Jean defeated Durst with a Rainmaker-style sidekick in a fantastic dark match that got the crowd heated up. The opening contest saw a six-way challenge featuring Randy Rain, Matt Angel, Marcus Burke, Aiden Prince, Quicksilver, and Phil Atlas. This match was very fast-paced with lots of astounding high spots throughout. The vegan Marcus Burke took the win after a double knee drop off the top to Atlas. Following the six-man match, Santino Morella awarded Don Callis with the 2018 Destiny Legends Award. This would be interrupted by the controversial Death Machine, Sammy Callahan who, after some words by Callis about Callahan being unsafe in regards to the Eddie Edwards Bat-to-the-Eye event at Impact Wrestling, attacked Don with the award plaque, as well as his bat, leaving him bloody. The next match saw Casey Spinelli take on Deanna Perrazzo. This was a great technical match with some heel antics by Casey, but Spinelli tapped to the Virtuosa's armbar. Next up was a tag team match featuring The Walking Weapon, Josh Alexander and Sammy Callahan against WWE NXT's Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, Mustache Mountain. Things started rocky for Sammy and Josh as Callahan wanted nothing to do with the match, sending Alexander in first and avoiding the tag several times. There were some great comedy spots courtesy of Mustache Mountain. The teams battled at ringside even making their way to the entrance stage before coming back to the ring. The end of the match would see Callahan hit Bait with his bat from the outside behind the referee's back. Alexander would soon hit a twisting tombstone on Bait for the win. Alexander, sporting a swollen eye, realized Callahan used the bat and apologized to Bait and Seven, thinking it was a clean win. Next it was The Adventurer, Stone Rockwell versus Big Magic. This was a good comedy match after the intermission that began with some back and forth on the microphone. Magic pulled Marco, a fan from the crowd, to be his second security guard. Rockwell would take the win after a spinning sit-out powerbomb. Magic, with his security, attacked Stone after the match until Santino Morella made the save. Next up was Impact Wrestling's Brian Cage versus Facade. This was a pure power game by Cage, cutting off most of Facade's high-flying attempts. However, Facade still got great offense, including hitting a springboard Canadian destroyer on Cage. Cage the win with a modified glory bomb. The main event for the Destiny Championship saw for the first time ever the Bruiserweight Pete Dunn against the villain Marty Skrull of the Bullet Club. This was a great back and forth exchange that kept the crowd hot. Marty used powder but couldn't put away Dunn. On a second powder attempt, Dunn smacked the powder back into Skrull's face who found his umbrella and mistakenly hit the referee before attempting to pin the official. After several low blows on one another, both competitors low blowed the referee, causing a double disqualification much to the chagrin of the record number crowd in attendance. The two battled on as more referees and wrestlers, including Mustache Mountain, made their way to the ring to separate the two men. The villain took to the stage, superkicking several officials before declaring that the next time they meet, British Strongstyle would face Skrull and two of his friends. The show concluded with Destiny promoting their next event in association with Impact Wrestling. One night only, Zero Fear, Sunday, June 3rd, featuring Pentagon Jr. Tickets are available now.
0: Thank you, Jason, for that great report from Destiny Wrestling Icons this past weekend. I'd like to take this time to encourage any of our listeners to join us. If you attend a live event and would like to share the results and have your say in our podcast, please drop me a line at scumbagswrestling.gmail.com and we'll uh, get you involved with our show. Some of the best action in pro wrestling happens in our own backyard here in Ontario. So if they come around, be sure to support them. This has been your independent wrestling news update and now, for your Ontario Independent Wrestling event calendar. On May 11th, PWA comes to Guelph at 7 p.m. featuring Josh Alexander vs. Eddie Osborne, Aiden Rain vs. Reggie Marley, and Warhead vs. Super Kamikaze. Also on May 11th, Rock Solid Wrestling comes to Collingwood. Cody Deaner defends the Canadian Heavyweight Championship against Tyler Turba with special guests Axe and Smash, a demolition. On May 12th, Smash Wrestling comes to Sarnia for Smash the Stigma at 7 p.m. Sebastian Suave has issued an open challenge. Brent Banks takes on Aiden Prince and Puff versus The Muscle. On May 12th, PWA is in Kitchener at 7 p.m. featuring Eddie Osborne, Warhead, and the outlaw, Scott Chase. And May 13th, PWE is in Oshawa at two PM with an appearance by Demolition Axe and Smash. The Atlas Invitation Battle Royal with the winner facing Atlas plus Cody Deaner versus Tyler Turva with Demolition serving as the special ring reinforcers. And there's also a ladies tag team match featuring Giselle Shaw and April Jones versus Jody Threat and Xander Bale. Plus, don't forget, Smash Wrestling comes to Dresden for the first time on June 16th in support of the Dresden Junior Kings Hockey. Scumbags of Wrestling will be in the arena with our own VIP section. If you'd like to join us, send me a message on Twitter at Scumbags Canada or on Facebook through our page Scumbags of Wrestling. We'll hook you up. Let's make this a great day. And that was your Ontario Independent Wrestling Report brought to you by RockinCon, featuring Dee Snider of Twisted Sister, Peter Criss, the legendary drummer of Kiss, and the Queen of Metal, Lita Ford. A kicking convention that provides a true VIP experience with an all-access pass to Rock out, June 8th to 10th at the London Music Hall in London, Ontario. For more information on how to get tickets Go to rockandcon.com or email rockandconcanada at gmail.com. And we're back with the second half of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Right now I'm being joined by the original sharpshooter, Chris Maloney. How are you doing, Chris?
2: I'm doing good. How about you, Sean?
0: Doing well. Thanks for joining me on this uh, part. We're going to talk about the Greatest Royal Rumble that happened this past Friday along with uh, preview the upcoming Backlash pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. Did you get a chance to watch the Greatest Royal Rumble?
2: No, I haven't seen it. I saw some highlights, though. I heard some good things. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm uh, still working, I guess, my way through it. Uh, I saw a lot of highlights myself and there's a lot of Uh, Interesting news that came out of it uh, that we can definitely discuss and uh, go forward from there. So, just a recap for those that didn't uh, know all the results. Cena defeated Triple H after uh, about three AAs. Cedric Alexander uh, retained the Cruiserweight title against Kalisto. Seth Rollins captured his... uh, Intercontinental title against Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and The Miz. Jeff Hardy retained the U.S. title against Jinder Mahal. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura ended in a double countout. Welcome, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt captured the vacant tag team titles for Raw over the bar. The Bludgeon Brothers retained the SmackDown tag team titles against The Usos. The Undertaker defeated Rusev. In a casket match, Roman Reigns speared Brock out of the cage, and Brock was declared the winner in a rather controversial ending. And Braun Strowman won the 50-man battle royal, even though Daniel Bryan set the record starting for number one and lasting to second last, being eliminated by Big Cass and going over 70 minutes. So what are your thoughts on the show?
2: Well, from one of the some of the highlights I've seen, one was uh, Daniel Bryan with all those marks across his chest. Like my God, like I, I haven't seen that match yet, but it looks like you get the crap beat out of him.
0: Yeah, I saw a uh, video after with some backstage, and you could see some handprints on him. And yeah, he was pretty uh, much beat up, and just, I that definitely shows anybody who makes a comment that wrestling is fake and, you know, choreographed too much. Just look at Daniel's uh, chest and you tell me how fake that is.
2: Yeah. uh, Christine, uh, my wife for anybody that doesn't know, was asking about that. And I said, well, it's probably due to the fact that he's uh, he was out of the ring for a couple of years and his body hadn't uh, built up to that yet. So uh, hopefully he's okay. I know he missed uh, SmackDown this past uh, Tuesday, but... uh, I guess he's well, scheduled. I guess he's scheduled for backlash, though, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he's scheduled for backlash against uh, Cass. However, he did uh, do the dark match after 205 Live for the Montreal crowd against Shinsuke Nakamura.
2: Oh, he did wrestle.
0: Yeah, he did wrestle. I think they just kept him off the show to try and, I guess, uh, show some effects of the Greatest Royal Rumble and try and build Cass up a little bit more.
2: Uh, very good. Uh, the other two things, uh, I guess, that come to mind as far as The Greatest Royal Rumble goes. Uh, one was the set of the highlights of looks like Seth Rollins. It jump, looked like from the turnbuckle to the ladder. And then he, uh, I, I guess, raced up against uh, Finn Balor. Is that right?
0: Yeah, Finn was uh, just inches away from touching the belt and taking it. And as you said, Seth Rollins jumped from the turnbuckle and landed on the ladder and quickly snatched the title just in time. Away from Finn Balor.
2: Yeah, and then obviously the uh, the what was talked about at RAW this past Monday was the you know the Brock Lesnar finish. Um, I mean, what do you think they're going to go with that? Do you think it's it's the end for Brock, or do you think it's? Uh, I mean, Roman is he finally going to just say, "Hey, screw it, I'm going to be a heel"?
0: I just hope they keep them away from each other. Uh, we've seen that way too much, even though. We didn't see it too much at the same time. Like it was a huge one-year buildup with little stops along the way. And then oh, just in this past few weeks and leading up to WrestleMania and now the greatest Royal Rumble, it's just kind of gotten stale and too much, especially when everybody's thinking, okay, you know, fine. WWE's going to push Roman down our throats. Might as well accept it. And every time that we're ready to see what happens, boom, all of a sudden Brock is retaining. So who knows how long that's going to last. Maybe Brock's going to drop it to somebody else. Maybe he's going to keep it till he beats CM Punk's record.
2: Yeah, which uh, I've read reports on, which would be kind of interesting. I mean, it'd be interesting to see where they go with it. It's just... uh whether or not Brock stays or whether or not he goes, I guess would be the big question, but uh, I guess we'll see at Backlash, won't we?
0: Yeah. I guess uh, some of the other controversy, though, that came out of uh, the whole event in leading up to it and the execution of it is that people thought it was more of a glorified house show that got put on uh, the network for us in North America to see. Plus... The disinclusion of the women. Now, Saudi Arabia is claiming to be now progressive and allowing more things to happen. They even had that propaganda video that played during the prayer time uh, for the people in attendance. But as much as they want to claim progressive, the women were still not allowed to be there. So, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, definitely have to agree with you on both of those points. Number one is. Um... I heard too. As somebody had mentioned glorified house show, and when I thought about it, it's like, like I, I haven't seen the show yet, but I've, well, like I said, I've seen the highlights, and it's they were just going to build this show just to be a house show itself. I think the network decision was one of those last-minute decisions. So, as a wrestling fan, we should be, you know, I guess excited, about the fact we got to see this on live TV. Um, secondly, the, the big controversy that you're referring to with, with regards to the women. Is what doesn't make sense to me as a wrestling fan is that you've got, um, you know, the absence of women on the uh, absence of women on the show. You've got the absence of women as far as the video packages and the promo work goes, and then there was the uproar about them having to apologize for it. But what I don't understand is if that was the big case, why was there women and kids in the audience? That's kind of it's uh, you know them being hypocrites, I guess. They can watch yeah. it, but they can't wrestle.
0: Well, they, I guess the law there was that the women could attend as long as they had a male guardian with them. So I guess even though that propaganda video said, hey, you know, the uh, women are more listened to and uh, valued in Saudi Arabia, it's still not totally like how it is here in North America. And I guess the vision of seeing the WWE ladies in their gear is also somewhat of a taboo over there which kind of questions why couldn't they have just done what they did uh a few months ago with Sasha and Alexa where they didn't wear their normal gear they were a full bodysuit, but were still able to participate and do their job
2: yeah I have to agree with that because I, I thought about that as well and but I mean it, one of the Get things I guess you could think about is it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission so they might have played that thing on purpose just to get the, the people talking and stuff and nice. I mean out of their minds now I mean but they've apologized for it and they've seemed sincere about it but whether or not they did it on purpose who knows
0: yeah and, there's, and that was the beginning of a 10 year relationship so they didn't instantly uh, cancel that out and say uh, forget about it but and the, you got a lot of uh, critics of WWE uh, wondering what's going on because, you know, if you've got this great uh, women's movement that they keep on bolstering and Stephanie McMahon is spearheading, why did they uh, allow themselves to disallow the women to participate? And the only thing that comes to my mind personally is the fact that Vince didn't go there asking hey can we do a show here and uh pay to go there they approached them please stand by we're having a few technical difficulties with our connection we'll be right back I'd like to take this time to thank those who bought the Scumbags Wrestling Raw Parody t-shirt through your purchases this past weekend at the Smash Wrestling event. We gave Cody Diener $50 towards his April campaign of the Giver for charity. For the month of April, he was supporting the Rumball Camp for the Deaf and will continue to do so through the month of May as he's going to be up in Collingwood doing an event to help raise more funds where the camp is located. I had the pleasure of meeting Chris, his inspiration for doing the Rumball Camp for the Deaf along with his father, and they are so thankful for everybody who makes an effort to be a part of their campaign. On that note, we're going to continue ourselves and support the Rumball Camp for the Deaf and join Cody with raising more funds. While I was at the Smash event this past Sunday, I was able to get signed a Scumbags of Wrestling Red Raw Parody t-shirt with all the talent from the show, including Splash and Suave, Cody Banks, Cody Diener, Tyson Dukes, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Daniel Garcia, Kevin Blackwood, Kevin Bennett, The Muscle, Vanessa Craven. Jody Threat, and many more. This shirt we're going to raffle away, just like we did with the PCW tickets. So if you want to be a part of it, 100% of the money that's raised through this raffle will go to, to Cody Deener and the Rumble Camp for the Death. Contact me through your Facebook page, Twitter, or on email at ScumbagsWrestling@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can purchase spots on our raffle wheel. Three spots for $5 or 10 spots for $10. I accept PayPal and e-transfers. Let's show everybody that even though we call ourselves scumbags, that we're far from it. And we love helping out our community, just like Cody Diener. In the words of Cody Diener, Give her for charity.
2: Yeah, we are back. Sorry for a
0: little technical difficulties on our end going on, but we are back with our WD greatest Royal Rumble discussion. I think uh, when we got cut off, we were talking about how the fact that WD got invited to do this. It wasn't like how uh, Vince went to Saudi Arabia and said, hey, can we do this show? They came to him wanting to uh, do it and pay the money. So a lot of people have uh, an opinion about how WWE was able to, I guess, abandon their women's division just for the money. But isn't it sort of the equivalent of being invited over to somebody's house? You wouldn't go in there and change the menu of what's being cooked And this is their laws and their rules. So what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I I guess I never really thought of it that way, but I guess that's entirely accurate. Uh, I guess the one thing in the end as well is it all does come down to money. And uh, I was reading just before we we started recording this about the WB stock today. and It is the highest it's ever been thanks to Q1 results. So. I guess whatever they're doing in the WWE and whatever we're questioning, I mean, they're doing it right. So, I mean, a lot of people might not agree with it, but the fact is that money's being made. And, I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line, I think, in the end.
0: Yeah, and if uh, they're saying this is the first step towards uh, creating a different culture in the uh, area of Saudi Arabia, maybe them conceding, yes, okay, we'll come, we'll give your uh, people the show. But as time goes on, maybe there will be some give and take, and the women can go on and perform, even if it does mean uh, covering up, like Sasha and Alexa did before. That's still going to be progression for their country. They got yeah. ten years to do it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. But I mean, give it five years from now, even or, you know, just the. Uh... The way that the poli- you know, the politics are changing over in that side of the world, it's uh, anything's possible. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, I guess switching gears, um, they, Monday and uh, Tuesday, they spent the uh, couple days in Montreal, and they had some of the most rowdiest fans that they've had all year, just in the uh, Bell Center, and so what of a homecoming for Sammy and. Uh, Kevin Owens. Did you happen to
2: catch any of Raw? Yeah, actually, it was uh, it was interesting because I, I finally started catching up on wrestling again. And one day I watched the the entire show, and it was I don't know if it was Cole or or Corey Graves. had mentioned that how, how it was supposed to uh, almost felt like a WrestleMania feel to it, like as um, Jerry Waller used to Jerry Lawler used to say, uh, "Bizarro World," but. Very interesting with some of the chants, and obviously the Canadians got uh, cheered. I mean, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, both treated like gods in Montreal, but it was uh, definitely a phenomenal sight to see uh, this past Monday.
0: Yeah, and that main event was all Canadians on one side because you had Jinder Mahal in there.
2: Yeah, Jinder and then uh, Kevin and and Sami. It it is nice to see. I mean, they had Natalia and Ronda Rousey there as well. Bobby Roode was on the show, so it was uh, a huge Canadian show going on.
0: Yeah, very uh, Canuck-based, and then it continued on uh, Tuesday. Um, That show, I guess, did still have a hot crowd, but um, might have suffered a little bit with the 205 Live and Day 2 Hangover, but still, I think the fans of Montreal did a wonderful job of uh, supporting the show and, you know, as it's been said the more rowdy the crowd is it does fuel the talent that's in the ring because if they're hearing crickets they don't know if they're doing well or you know
2: why are they even bothering but the more fueled the crowd is the better they're going to perform in the ring yeah I definitely have to agree and then when you when you say something like that as well you have the local talent uh, they had the tag team there and, then, and the, the little I don't know if you could say midget anymore but the little guy there and uh, I mean they were both locals and they got the the hometown rub, so it was was good to see as well.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, there was a lot of extra enhancement talent used uh, over the last two days there, and any spotlight is good on them. I heard uh, one of the enhancement talent was actually Big Magic, who was actually wrestling on Destiny this past Sunday
2: against Stone Rockwell. Yeah, somebody. Uh, I forget. I, I don't know if I read or heard, but apparently this guy's supposed to be money. So I mean, he has got uh, a bright future ahead of him, from what I heard.
0: And he got his foot in the door just doing that, even if it was in a uh, enhancement talent effort.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, myself, anytime you got Noe Jose on TV, I, I go nuts. It just he's comical to watch, but it's got the. Um, the gimmick going on there where he's got the, the, the train going on. So I'm sure a lot of those guys are probably enhancement talents too. eh?
0: Yeah. The second coming of Adam Rose. Hopefully they don't drop the ball on him like they did with Rose.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can't ever see Ho-way, uh, Ho-way. <laughs> Jose being a main eventer, but he's uh, he's definitely fun to watch on TV.
0: It could be sort of like that uh, Road Dog or Valvinus good uh, hand and mid Carter and be able to push the other talent and maybe even be a gatekeeper
2: eventually, but not go to uh main event. Yeah. Well, either way, it's good to see him up from NXT, uh, maybe future pay-per-views down the road, hopefully. Yeah. And a great segue because uh, the, the Sunday
0: backlash pay-per-view is coming up. And unlike uh, how WrestleMania had tons of multi Person matches. This one has only one match that has more than two people in it. So I guess we'll run down the card uh, and give our predictions on what you uh, see happening this Sunday and see what happens from there. Let's start off with uh, the only tag team match on the card Braun Strowman
2: and Lashley against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So prediction, um, I'm going to have to say Kevin and Sammy, and reason for it is I'm going to have to say Braun and Bobby, as big and as dominant as a tag team they could be. I think they're going to end up uh, mixing it up and uh, not seeing eye-to-eye on this one. Yeah, I could uh, probably agree with you on that one. It would be good to see Kevin and Sammy
0: uh, get uh, the win there. Obviously, as Canadians, uh, that's a good uh, win for our our country type deal. But I think it's probably a mismatch with uh, Lashley and Strowman as well, and maybe it's the chance for Lashley to turn heel on Strowman
2: and show some personality that he gained while he was t- away for ten years. Yeah, that was uh, that was something that was mentioned this past week as well as we haven't seen. Uh, Lashley do much of anything except for wrestle, so we haven't seen that personality side of him come out so yeah, that would be interesting to see there. And so they brought him in
0: as a uh, face just because well he's a returning uh, talent even though he's been gone 10 years so you're going to get that instant pop regardless of how you act and then this would be an opportune time to do that and give something for Strowman especially if uh, Brock Lesnar's going to be away for a while or God only knows what his uh, plans are. So then we go on to uh, some title matches. And there's uh,
2: Jeff Hardy defending the U.S. title against Randy Orton. Uh, I see Jeff Hardy retaining in this one. Uh, I think Orton's uh, probably on his way out probably the next uh, year or so. I don't think there's much more that he could do. And I think Jeff Hardy having that one last run in him and still remain uh, still remaining popular with the fans, I see Jeff keeping the belt in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going along with that one as well. Um, I personally have gotten somewhat tired of uh, Randy Orton. He's never left, and he's kind of stale, regardless of how many times he flip-flops sides of heel or face. And unfortunately, because he's got that connection with the McMahon family, he really never has been let go or wanted to leave. Once again, we'd like to apologize for the technical difficulties we've had. And we'll be back with Chris Maloney and more preview of the WWE Backlash pay per view. Have you seen our Scumbags Wrestling t shirts? Have you thought, hey, those are pretty cool and we, I'd love to have one too? Well, you can. Just contact me or go to Twisted Tees and find out how you can get your own Scumbags Wrestling t shirt. We currently have two designs the old Superstars of Wrestling parody logo and the commemorative Raw 25th Anniversary Scumbags of Wrestling parody logo. These shirts are amazing and have great quality thanks to Twisted Tees and you can get yours for $25 and if there's enough interest in getting a whole bunch of shirts then I'm willing to go up to Alora and pick them up and get us a good deal with money going to charity. Just last month we sold some t-shirts and were able to donate $50 of the profits towards Cody Diener's giver for charity so if you'd like to continue helping out that'd be awesome and you can look great in one of our scumbags wrestling t-shirts be a proud scumbag buy a shirt support Twisted Tees and Cody Deaner. be a loud and proud scumbag buy a shirt Our backlash uh, pay-per-view preview continues with Seth Rollins versus The Miz for the IC title.
2: Uh, So Seth versus The Miz, I can't see both titles going to the one show. Um, Even though I think – and I can't see Miz breaking Jericho's record either. So i got to say Seth Rollins and another guy that's on fire right now. So I'll go with Seth on that one.
0: Yeah, they got a lot going on for Seth, and as you said, you can't really switch shows uh, with the titles like they're doing, and The Miz over on SmackDown only makes sense because eventually the road is going to uh, lead them to Dan O'Brien, where they get that uh, boost from, or or should I say payoff, from the uh, Talking Smack uh, segment that gave Miz a huge spotlight.
2: Yeah, and definitely uh, definitely, no title needed in that uh, that feud coming up there.
0: No. Uh, so Nia Jax uh, defends the Raw women's title against Alexa Bliss.
2: Um, I'm going to say Nia and reason for it, I'm going to say that uh, Mickey finally, uh, uh, I guess, turns, I don't know, I, I face, I guess, on uh, 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 Alexa. I mean, Alexa seems to be um, I mean, she's not trustworthy when it comes to her character. She's um, all in it for herself, and I think she's eventually just going to rub everybody the wrong way. I think this coming Sunday, I think it's going to be Mickey James is going to turn her back on uh, Alexa, and basically you're going to see Naya retain.
0: Yeah, I can see Naya retain. The only question after that is who does the next challenger become uh, from the heel side of things unless they just do a uh, – face-versus-face type deal with Nia and her next challenger. There's Carmella defending the SmackDown
2: women's title against Charlotte. So you've got the Iconics on SmackDown. Um, you've got Charlotte, who I think they mentioned on SmackDown this week that if she wins the title again, she either ties Trish Stratus or breaks Trish Stratus's record. Yeah, so she I ties it. it. So I see that being a, being a big, a bigger moment than just the backlash pay-per-view. Also, I don't think Carmella's transitional champion, especially where they put her in the faction there with the Iconics. Um, she's a mouthpiece. I hate watching her on TV because all she does is scream and yell. But at the same time, you remember watching her match. So um, I don't think it's going to be um, – it's not going to be a fair win, I guess. But I see Carmella going over.
0: Yeah, you just presented some really good points that – uh, the seventh title win for Charlotte should come at a more important uh, milestone uh, event, whether it's a SummerSlam or something. And, uh, yeah, the Iconics I can definitely see getting involved. And then possibly uh, Charlotte is saved by Becky Lynch. And they carry on from there. We have, yeah, I mean,
2: whether – Oh, sorry. I'll go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say whether or not they're uh, setting up for a six-woman tag. I mean, um, you know, the Asuka, Charlotte, Becky Lynch seems to be the the new threesome there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it could work. It could be a, a few, you know, they're trying to hook into SummerSlam or something like that. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, or even uh, Money in the Bank where uh, they end up clashing somehow that way.
2: That would even yeah, that'd be even better because you have all these women seemingly on both sides. And then next thing you know, they're for that money in the bank thing again. So they're all enemies. So that, that'd make good TV.
0: And their other title match involves AJ Styles defending against Shinsuke Nakamura again, but this time with a no DQ uh, stipulation that Paige added considering all the uh, low blows that Shinsuke has been dealing out. Who do you have?
2: So I, I, I read this or heard it, and I thought it made a lot of sense. So Shinsuke came over from Japan, won the NXT championship, hasn't done much as far as his WWE run goes. Um, So somebody had mentioned what happens if the club, so Gallows and Anderson turns against Styles and they almost create a new faction with Shinsuke and Gallows and Anderson. And I was like, you know what? I could see that. I could dig that. I'd be buying the merch. So if that's where they want to go, I can see Shinsuke winning the title with uh, the help of Gallows and Anderson.
0: Yeah, that's uh, quite interesting. I didn't even think of the Gallows and Anderson part. And considering last week mm-hmm. on SmackDown, uh, Anderson took a shot from Shinsuke to protect uh, AJ, but then it wasn't even talked about this week or uh, nothing happened at the Greatest Royal Rumble either reflecting it. So there's that chance would they turn on him, as you're uh, suggesting. But either way, I think uh, Shinsuke could take the title and uh, be the only title switch, especially with all the new champions going into the uh, pay-per-view coming out of WrestleMania. Then the two matches that I feel could go either way for either opponent, and you got Dan O'Brien coming back for his first singles pay-per-view match. Taking on big uh, the returning big Cass.
2: So this one, I, I mean, I know who I want. You know, I think everybody it's on the Daniel Bryan run. I think since he's come back, everybody just wants to see him go back to that uh, old successful goat, as they call him. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Cass is, um, you know, the I guess the next big thing in wrestling, or the, at least they're trying to make him the next big thing. He had a lot of airtime on SmackDown. Uh, this past Tuesday, and uh, it'll be interesting because, I mean, I can't recall Daniel Bryan going ag- up against anybody that big and tall. I mean, obviously, he fought uh, Randy Orton Batista at 30, but uh, I-, I think Cass might be too much for him. I see Cass maybe going over in this one.
0: Yeah, he has, I thought, took on Big Show one time involving the title, or maybe that's just when he uh, cashed in his money in the bank for – Uh, getting the title against Big Show, and he was already fallen. But, yeah, this could go, as I said, either way, where maybe Brian does pull out the win, even though he gets uh, ragdolled all over the uh, place and sneaks out something, but then Cass gets some more heat on him by uh, beating him up some more. So, I don't know. Daniel has kind of just been normalized so quickly, even though he's come back, he's not at the peak, I guess, of the card for uh, SmackDown. So I think I'm going to go with Brian taking a surprise uh, roll-up, but still getting uh, beat down and needing to be the underdog coming back.
2: You made made a, a topic, a good point there. Um, I just came to realize uh, Cass' promo this past Tuesday, if you you saw SmackDown this past Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, so if you remember Cass's speech about the submission wrestler and he does this and he does that and blah, 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 blah. And it'd be interesting to see Cass do a beatdown on Daniel, but just as you said, maybe Daniel comes back and does the yes lock on him and Cass has no choice but to submit. So that would, that'd be actually kind of cool. I'm still going Cass, but that would be cool to see.
0: And our final match, Roman Reigns against Joe. And unfortunately, neither of them came out of the Greatest Royal Rumble with the title intact. So this is a non-title, I don't know what's on the line, Raw versus SmackDown match.
2: So if they're setting up, uh, if you saw SmackDown, if they're setting up with Joe to eventually challenge for the WWE Championship, I think Joe needs to go over in this one. Roman has to play it out like almost John Cena style, where he continues to lose and lose and lose and just snaps. And I think this would be a good opportunity for Joe uh, almost to be past a small torch from Roman and be like, here you go. Good luck on SmackDown. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go Samoa Joe in this one.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and That would definitely give Joe some momentum, uh, regardless of what happens with the AJ and Shinsuke match. You got Joe in the uh, wings. And SmackDown's kind of loading up with some, uh, whether it's dream matches for WWE or some great ROH TNA rematches in a WWE ring. Uh, The future could be bright for uh, SmackDown, so Joe winning definitely gives him some momentum.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and Roman honestly doesn't need the... win in this one he's going to feud with whoever vince tells him to feud with on raw so it's still going to be main event territory for him so yeah and, and it's interesting to see Tuesday's smackdown you have joe coming out to um you know mouth off to styles and 10 years ago you were seeing that in tna so it's uh it's interesting to see it come full circle especially when you watch their tryout matches WWE style so
0: yeah so yeah i guess that wraps up our uh preview for the Backlash pay-per-view and we'll uh, look forward to seeing results. I guess my other question, though, before we do uh, break away from Backlash, is with it being a co-branded pay-per-view, that's taking away airtime from others and less pay-per-views for us to watch. Does this pay-per-view turn into a four-hour event just to squish everything in, or does it still remain a three-hour
2: pay-per-view? I'm hoping it stays a three-hour pay-per-view. And all I can say is wrestling is a competition, and these guys have, um, you know, airtime, and they've got the ring to do their thing. And if they can catch on, then great. They're going to get more airtime. I don't believe it's going to be like WrestleMania where everybody's going to be on the show. I think three-hour show is special, and I think it's uh, a way of not overkilling the product. So I think... I, I hope they stick with the three-hour show and put the cream of the crop and the best of the best on the show. So,
0: Yeah, because then it kind of makes it special when somebody does finally make it onto a pay-per-view because if you look at that roster uh, from both sides, there is a lot of star power missing from this event.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I love Hawaii, uh, No Way Jose, but I don't want to see him on pay-per-view yet, so – um like i said cream of the crop best of the best as nature boy used to say
0: awesome well thanks for uh, joining us on this uh preview of the WWE, past and present for the past uh, seven days and uh, we'll see what happens and i hope you can join us for another podcast
2: all right thanks a lot sean anytime have a good one at yeah,
0: youtube Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the episode number two of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I'd like to thank uh, Jason Watts for giving us our Destiny Wrestling live event news and Chris Maloney for joining us for the WWE reviews. You can find us on Twitter at Scumbags Canada on Facebook at Scumbags of Wrestling and out on the internet, you can find us at scumbags.ca at our website you can check out scumbag of the month watch the match of the week and vote on the fantasy warfare and take part in predictions for each pay per view we hope you enjoyed your time with us and feel free to leave us a message whether you liked us whether you didn't what you'd like to hear added to the show we're open thanks again for joining us Have a good one.